0: I want to begin talking about a topic that I think is important uh, to God and therefore should be important to us. That's always the way that it is. Is it not? And I want to welcome those that will be watching via Facebook tonight. And uh, we're glad to have you as well. We trust that the Word of God will speak to your heart and that you'll mix faith with what you hear that the Word preached might be profitable unto you. Proverbs chapter 16 I'd like you to turn there with me in your Bible and look in verse 5. Proverbs chapter 16, look in verse 5. Notice what it says. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. You know, somebody, uh, I remember I hadn't been saved very long and somebody was asked to describe what is an abomination and they they talked about a few things and there was an old boy there that said in that class as i recall he said if you want to know what abomination is he said you just walk out into the field and you find an old carcass of a cow and he said that the sun has ripened and it's bloated and he said and you just get a whiff in the air that's what an abomination is and uh, that's pretty graphic isn't it and i'm not trying to turn you off your supper tonight okay and uh but i want to say that you know it appears to me based upon the strong language that's used in this passage that god has a problem with pride what he thinks about it now we know that pride is one of three areas that gives mankind the most trouble and what i want to speak to you tonight about is the heart of the proud the heart of the proud and uh and so there's a problem in the heart with pride. And we are all creatures of pride. We are. It's, it's like, you know, a helium balloon, it only floats for so long. You could leave it tied up here and eventually it would begin to, to descend and descend and descend. If you came in a week later, pretty soon it's going to be laying on the ground, isn't it? And, uh, it might still have some helium in it, but, but the, but it's buoyancy will have already been depleted. Why? Because that balloon leaks. And, uh, and we have pride inside of us and it leaks out of us. And, uh, and so it's something that, that, that ought to have our attention. As I said, you know, pride is just one of the three areas that seems to give us trouble. Remember, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and number three, the pride of life. The pride of life. And pride is not something that necessarily goes away with age. As a matter of fact as I think about it the pride of life the older we get sometimes the less able we are to be directed remember there's the, there's that passage in the book of Ecclesiastes it says better is a poor and wise child than an old king who will what? who will no more be admonished it's better to be poor and wise than it is to be a king you think about that sitting on a throne but you can't be instructed you can't be corrected you know kings don't take kindly to those things you know that it was said of henry the eighth his favorite verse was about the king you know when the king's word i'm misquoting it here of course but it was about you know that uh, that the that the king's word was like a word from the lord boy he liked that why because because what did it do? It reinforced his authority as the sovereign over England. And, uh, and, and to some degree, it got him in trouble. You re- let, me, let me ask you, how, how many of y'all remember a man named Muhammad Ali? Remember him? All right, l- listen to what he said. He said, this uh, is what he said in 1964, and he said this publicly. He said, I am the greatest. I'm the greatest thing that ever lived. I don't have a mark on my face, and I upset Sonny Liston, and I just turned 22 years old. I must be the greatest. Now we know that he's dead, and that he embraced Islam, and uh, but there was an autobiography that was put together, and he sort of changed his mind about not necessarily about that statement, but he said the greatest verse in Scripture was that we ought to honor God and that we ought to glorify God. So whether or not he got right with God, I don't know, but but uh, but I do know this: in 1964, he wasn't thinking right. And what was he doing? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Speaking. He was speaking what was in his heart. And pride is down in the hearts of men and women. Now the world, the world only uses it as a virtue they talk about all the time that you don't have enough self-esteem that you gotta have more of this and you know and and they they only see pride as a virtue and not as a vice but that's not the way that God looks at it God hates pride and the word of God has much to say about this debilitating sin but let me put a little balance on here let me put this out here maybe I'll have to remind you about it listen let, let me give you about let me tell you about something that is not prideful to have a proper spiritual estimation of yourself is not pride there's a difference in what muhammad ali said and having the right spiritual estimation of oneself the scripture is going to say for us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think but to think how soberly soberly means with clarity clarity of thought in other words being honest having integrity about that and so having a proper spiritual estimation of oneself is not a prideful act i think you ought to be able to take pride in your work you should do that do the best job that you can that doesn't mean that you're full of pride that's not the pride that that i want to address tonight so i just want to put a balance on this for you for you to see all right so let's Let's look at three areas. I want to talk about the truth about pride. I want to talk about the traits of it, and then lastly, what the treatment for it. What do we do about it? What can we do about it? And so, well, let's look at the first thing. So, I'm going to need you to turn to a few places. If you're there in Proverbs. I want you to go to Ezekiel with me. Ezekiel 28. Right before the book of Daniel is the book of Ezekiel. And ladies, I know that you're Working on those things, getting those books down, make Sister Debbie proud, all right? The book of Ezekiel, all right? And uh, and so Ezekiel 28, these are familiar verses to us, it should be. If you've been a believer very long, you should see these things. Let's talk about the truth about it. The truth about it. I want you to know that the origination or the origins of pride are found within Lucifer. The origin of pride came through Lucifer. Now we know that Adam, because of Adam, what does Romans 5.12 say? Therefore, as by one man sin entered the world. All right. So we know that that one man was Adam. So Adam, because of Adam's sin, his willful disobedience. We know that sin entered the world. But what I want you to know is that sin entered the universe through Lucifer. Sin entered the universe through Lucifer. And so uh, and so. notice what this says. Look with me, Ezekiel 28. Look in verse 11. The word of God says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying... Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. Now, let me establish something right here. He's talking about a king. Yes, he was a real king. But we know that king was not in Egypt. And what God is going to do here is use Tyrus as an illustration of who Satan is. All right? So let's look at this. Ezekiel 28, look in verse 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation. That's a regret. All right? Upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sun, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. I want you to know that, that Lucifer was God's song leader. And he was created perfect, it says right there, and perfect in beauty. Let's keep reading. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Now we know that physically the king of Tyrus was not there. But we know that Satan was there, right? He came along through the serpent. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Now watch. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, topaz, and the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. I want you to see as you look at all these ornate things you look at all these what what the world would consider precious stones and jewels it must have been something majestic to look upon and yet in this being he has the pipes and tablets whenever i think about pipes and tablets i think about a pipe organ have you ever seen a large one in a in a in a, a church auditorium man i we went to i went to tennessee temple for a while to bible college there and uh, while we were trying to get familiar with the campus because the campus was located in a town in chattanooga and so you might have a class that had been an old office building and now those are classes and they bought that building that building and one of the auditoriums that was there was named the chauncey good auditorium there were three auditoriums they kept having to increase when i went there there were about six thousand people in attendance most of them were students anyway we're there and it's a it's a it's not a class day it's before classes begin that we hear this music man i mean it's beautiful music somebody in there is tearing up that organ i mean it wasn't it was classical that was going on and so we went to the door of that thing and we cre- sort of crept in we peeked in a little bit and there was a young man with his back to us sitting way back up in there and man there was a huge tabret and pipes of so this pipe organ i don't know how many what do what they call those they're called Manuals. I don't know how many manuals, in other words, keyboards. I don't know how many manuals were on that thing, but it went up like that. And man, yeah, I mean, you could be playing here like that. And all these stops and buttons and the whole keys down here, you know. You have got special shoes you got to wear to play those, all those things and move around. And I mean, he just was getting after it. It was beautiful. When I think about who Lucifer was, he was made perfect. He was God's song leader. He was going to be there he's second in charge in charge of worship and all that music that he was i mean you know uh you know sometimes you think the mormon tabernacle choir just got great voices and all that kind of stuff and all those other people that listen there's not, that there, there's not there's they are no comparison to the heavenly choir that's up there right now amen there's no comparison and the song leader there was Lucifer. See God didn't make a devil, God made an angel. And Lucifer made the devil. Did you get that? God didn't create a devil, no God made an angel. Look with me, look in verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub. He had a special duty, anointed, set apart. What that that covereth. Whatever you see that word covereth, you remember the cherubs that are over the over the uh, over the the Ark of the Covenant. It's the mercy seat. And there's two cherubs and their, their wings are like that. And they're protecting something. They're protecting the holiness of God. And here was his song leader. Involved in this worship. And protecting what the holiness of God. And promoting it. And, and, and sounding it forth. I mean it must have been something. To see and hear. He was set up for success. He had exceptional beauty. Notice what it says. Look at it says. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. And I have set thee so. God did it. I have set thee so. Verse 14. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire now you know you know what i think about man i think about the you know a sea of glass of pure gold i mean oh, no, that might be embedded with stones and i mean like have you ever seen a fire opal you ever seen some of those things and man how they can shine forth and he was able he was allowed to go into places he had blessings and privileges that the other angels didn't have but it wasn't enough Notice what it says, look at verse 15. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created. Look at this, till what? Till iniquity was found in thee. We're talking about the truth about pride. Where did it come from? It, he, he was created perfect, but he was corrupted through pride. Look what happened, look at verse 16, it gives us to us. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. You know, when you think about merchandise, you're thinking about you're thinking about the the someone that's involved in merchandise, is someone that's involved in a transaction. They they have a they have something here, and somebody wants it, and so forth, and so they're involved in this, tra- this uh, transaction and uh, and they are a merchandiser i think about like what brother mark does in his business they're putting things out there he would be a merchandiser if you know someone in that in that craft or trade but it says it says here but what he did was he to me as i read this what i understand about this is that he sort of put his office up for sale so to speak here he is in this great position and rather because think about it what, what are, what are the, What's the angelic host doing? Man, they're worshiping God, they're praising God, and they've been doing this from eternity past. I don't know how long ago he was created, but he was doing all this, and rather than just being a conduit, rather than just being the, the, uh, the pipeline, rather than just being in the midst of that and ushering that onto God, he decided to take some of that for himself and some of that for himself and some of this for himself and some of this for himself, and he got lifted up in his heart with pride. This is what he said, for thou hast said in Isaiah 14, in verse 13 and 14, it says, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt, uh, exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most. You know, the Bible says of man that his eyes are never satisfied. Now, here, now, here's the thing. When Lucifer was created, he had a will and he could choose things. And the problem is, is that he chose wrong and he chose himself. And he was lifted up with pride because of that and, uh, and, and because of his beauty and because of his position. He thought he was deserving of more pride is simply this it's an attitude that is independent of God and defiant toward God And mankind has been infected with the same I hate to use the word disease because sin is not a disease it's a decision that people make it is a decision. And so he decided upon himself. And so I want to be clear about this. He had the power of choice and he chose evil. Listen again to Isaiah. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Son of the morning. Look at that title Son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? He chose evil instead of good that's where it comes from that's the author of it that's why when you read over in the book of James about worldly wisdom one of the very things about it is that it is it is earthly that means it's of this world system it is sensual it doesn't operate by faith it worldly wisdom operates by its fears its frustrations its feelings about self and the last thing about that worldly wisdom it's devilish Worldly wisdom appeals to the pride of men. Hence it's devilish. So that's the truth about it, where it comes from. It didn't come, it didn't come through Adam. It came through Lucifer, who became the devil, who became Satan. Let's look at the second thing. I want you to see the traits of it. Look with me. Go back to Proverbs 16, will you please? The traits of of this turn left in your Bible a few books go back to Proverbs 16 same chapter Proverbs 16 and I want you to look in verse 2 what are the traits of pride you see it starts off in in your heart but then it works its way out into your words into your ways and even into your walk That's why one of the things in the book of Proverbs says, it says six things does the Lord hate? Yea, seven are an abomination. And the very first one is a proud look. That's your walk. A proud look. Proverbs 16, look with me in verse 2. Here's the traits of it. I want you to see, first of all, it is deceitful. Pride is deceitful, beloved. It is. Notice what it says. Look at verse 2. All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes. (laughs) What what, what a man says about himself, I can do no wrong. I'm the master of my own ship. I'm the master of my destiny. There's a poem called Invictus. It was written by a man. And really, you know, it's about him on his ship. And really, his ship is going to sink because of his pride. Longfellow wrote a poem called The Wreck of the Hesperus. Maybe some of you learned that in school a long time ago. The Wreck of the Hesperus. You ought to look at it once again. It's about a captain. There's an old sea dog on that sailing vessel. And uh, and a a young girl who is the sea captain's daughter. And the old sea dog can read the clouds and the, the waves and all. And he traveled on the seven seas. And he warns the captain. He said, man, and I'm paraphrasing all this. That's in poetry but he said basically said sir i said i I see that there's danger on the horizon we shouldn't sail we should we should wait and be secure here in these waters and the captain said man i've been everywhere i got this i I, you know we're going to go anyway and they do and it's not long after they get out that they run into a terrible terrible storm and it's actually freezing and cold and icing on the ship and the waves and all this stuff and it's so bad that he tells his daughter he said "I, she's screaming and carrying on and so forth and he lashes her to the mast and they all perish the captain his daughter the old sea dog and everybody else on the ship why because he wouldn't listen it's pride I used to make my I made my EMS students That was their very first assignment. They had to read. I want them to write it out. And then I wanted them to tell me what they thought that was about. Because it's about pride. It is deceitful. That, That captain was so absorbed with himself that he couldn't be instructed. He wouldn't listen to somebody who was just a deckhand. His experience was not nearly as good as my experience. Obadiah wrote and said this. He said the pride of thine heart. Hath deceived thee. Thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock. Whose habitation is high. That saith in his heart. Who shall bring me down to the ground. Those are strong words. Pride is deceitful beloved. And here's what I mean by that. Here's what it is. Most folks don't see their own pride it doesn't register with us other people see it others are aware of it but we don't see it most folks don't see their own pride nor do they understand what pride does to them pride is one of those sins like covetousness you can't see that that's not like drunkenness that's not like cursing that's not like i'm trying to think that's not like adultery that's not like fornication that's not like stealing it's not like i'm you, but covetousness, you could be walking around. Remember what Paul said? Man, Paul said, I didn't know that I had covetousness till the law came. Sin revived and I died. It was one of those things that's sort of hidden, that greediness, hoarding or whatever. It's based upon pride. And covetousness, like pride, is not always receptive to the person who possesses it. They don't see it. The rich young unru- ruler didn't see how covetous he really was until the Lord said, I'd like you to sell what you got and give it to the poor and then come follow me. And what did he do? He said he went away sorrowing. Why? Because his goods meant more to him than his own soul. You see, pride starts in the heart but works its way out. Others see it, but they don't. The proud person says, if I had any sin, I'd confess it. But the problem is, he won't admit that he has any sin. And what's keeping him from doing that? His very own pride. Our own pride. Listen, who in here likes to be wrong (laughs) and then on top of that who in here likes to be told that you're wrong But that's what I'm trying to tell you that is a prideful heart it's one of the traits that you can't be you can't be corrected your faults can never be pointed out to you and if we do what do we do we blame other people we play the blame game adam did that it's the woman you gave me god he actually blamed god you not say it was her he said but it's your, it's the woman you gave me and the woman what did she do she said it was that serpent that did that nothing has changed there's nothing new under the sun we still do that yeah. and it's so easy to do. remember the pharisee when he went up there to pray there was a publican the lord jesus uses them as an example there's the, there's the, the you know the pharisee passes this guy Passes this publican. A publican was a, was a tax collector that nobody liked. I mean, they thought that they were in league with the Romans. Roman government. They were taking more than what they should have in the taxes. I mean, they were hated by the Jewish community to be a publican. And so the publican can't even, lift, can't even look upwards. Comes to the temple and said, God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Couldn't even look up. But the Pharisee goes past him and he said, God, I'm so glad I'm not like that guy outside. And Jesus said, who went home justified that day? The Pharisee just couldn't see how full of pride he was. It's hard on us. He won't admit his problem because his very own pride keeps him from admitting his problem. Beloved, it's a problem in America. Listen, this is, you know what? This is Pride Month. It disgusts me. There's nothing to be proud of in what they do. But what do they do? They're full of pride. And they can't even see it. They can't even see it. You know, the problem problem in Sodom. Do you know what the problem of Sodom? It was threefold. It, It resulted in their sodomy. It resulted in the wickedness of their sinful behavior and so forth. But where did that come from? It came from the fullness of bread. It came from the idleness. They had an abundance of time and pride. Those are the three things that brought Sodom and Gomorrah down and America the fullness of bread we got plenty here an abundance of time America is so entertainment oriented amusement oriented I mean between the game boxes and the video stuff and adults with I mean I have played golf I've done that but something I mean they are just there' they're absorbed in it And their pride. America's full of pride. I mean, every time you hear Paul, we're the greatest nation. Isn't that what they say? We're the greatest nation on the face of the earth. Republican and Democrat, independent alike. We're the greatest nation. Man, I, I spent almost eight and a half years in the military. Man, I was glad to be in the service. I was glad to defend my country and so forth. Glad to do it. But sometimes we've got to be honest about some of the things that, that have happened and where we are. Yes. We're a long way from July 4th, 1776. Yes. And I'm not just talking about chronology. I'm talking about character. Yes. And beloved, we don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a stench in the nostrils of God. I want to be that sweet smelling savor. Don't you? Amen. I know that you do. I want Ranchero Drive to do that, to be that way. It's deceitful. Number two, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It tells me that there is that there is the absence of the fear of God. It, think about it. It's the source of all contention. That's what Proverbs said. Only by pride come of contention. Only by pride. When there's an argument, usually what it's about, it's not about the facts. A lot of times people don't even remember what they were arguing about. It's just a matter of who's going to be right. It will harden your mind. What happened to Nebuchadnezzar? you Remember what he said over there in Daniel chapter 4? You know what it says about him? He said he got over there and Nebuchadnezzar said, man, look at this great Babylon. Look what my hands have done. My power what was he saying? Man, we're the greatest country on earth. And who did it? I did it. I did it. I did all this by my words and my power, my ability. I did all that. and said before he even finished talking, you know what happened to him? Next thing you know, man, he was slumped over like a beast. And his, and his nails grew out. And all of a sudden, he got feathers on him and stuff. I mean, he looked horrible. And he was down there in the grass like a beast. And when your mind gets hardened, it affects the way that you behave. Like brute beasts. And he was that way for a long time. Lived out in the field. Like an animal. The scripture says it wasn't until he looked up. That the healing process began. And he was changed back. And basically he said man. I know that God's the one that rules in kingdoms. And God's the one that sets things up. And brings one up and brings another down he had to change his tune and maybe that's what's in store for america i don't know i know we're going down i just don't know how far we're going to go it's the source of contention it's the center of conceitedness it hardens your mind to make you careless and calloused it's destructive You're in Proverbs, look at Proverbs 15, look at verse 25. Look at this verse. Proverbs 15, verse 25, I'm almost done. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud. You know when God sets his mind on something, you're not going to change that. proud and selfish man who troubles his own house, the Bible says will inherit the wind because of his pride. Because of their pride. It destroys marriages. It destroys families. I'm talking about between parents and children when reputation means more than your relationship. When you're more concerned about what people think about you than you are about having a relationship with this loved one it's dangerous and it's destructive what do we do about it let me give you these last things and i'm going to be quick the treatment for it i already said romans 12 says we ought not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think so these are choices that we can make we have to keep things in balance you've got to have a biblical view of yourself you know brother you told me tonight when i said man good to see you You said there's none good i know he's picking and kidding around and i like that and i enjoy that but you know but you told the truth that's true there's none good Remember remember when that man, that rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, good master. He said, hey, you know what, there's none good but one. And that one's God. Have the right biblical view about yourself. Remember that your heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Stop blaming others for your mistakes. You've got to take ownership. That means you're walking with humility. Humility is a choice to be clothed with it. Learn to deflect the praise. When you've done something well, why don't you say, well, and to God be the glory? What did Paul say? I am what I am by the grace of God. Paul didn't say, I've done all these things and had all these visions and revelations, and I've traveled all over the world a day and a night in the deep. I've been on cruises and everything. And I, I am what I am by the grace of God. And He deflected the praise. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Do you remember when he was trying to talk about it, He said, I'm going to be a little foolish here now. I'm going to list some things that have happened to me. And he talks about all those things. And he talks about being a little foolish right there. Why? Because it wasn't his habit to brag upon himself. As a matter of fact, he said, unless I should be exalted above measure, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. God just said, well, you know what? I'm going to give you a little something here to help anchor your feet down. Amen. You've already been to the third heaven. You got to see things and hear things that nobody else could see or hear. You can't write them down. You can't speak them. Unless you begin to think too much of yourself, Paul, I'm going to give you a little something here. But the messenger of Satan, I'm going to allow him to buffet you. Who do you think the messenger of Satan is? That's an imp. That's a fallen angel. I don't know if it was his eyesight. Some people want to speculate it was his eye. I don't know about it. I just know he said it was a thorn where? In his flesh. And he asked the Lord thrice to remove it. Lord, take this away. And what did the Lord say? My grace is sufficient for me. learn to deflect the praise go to proverbs 27 last verse turn there with me thank you for doing that proverbs 27 it's 805 i know y'all won't turn into a pumpkin in the next five minutes all right proverbs 27 look with me look in verse 2 proverbs 27 look in verse 2 look what it says let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth a stranger and not thine own lips this kind of goes back to that the lord willing stuff when you're full of pride you're going to be presumptuous about your daily affairs and your activities but here it says in other words the bottom line is don't blame others for your mistakes learn to deflect the praise to god be the glory Or the other thing is stop bragging. You say, well, if it's true, it ain't bragging, brother. Yes, it is. Do you think you made yourself? Yeah, I'm a self-made man. I did all this myself. Oh, really? Who do you think gave you the health? Who do you think gave you the, the 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 dexterity, the mental capacity? Where'd that come from? You know, a lot of people that a lot of people that believe those things about themselves, they also think they came from pond scum. Good night. I mean, how smart do you think algae is? Yeah. Where'd it come from? Well, I've done all these things, and I've I've had this, and I've done that, and I've got this degree. Man, you know what? You can have so many degrees, you look like a thermometer. But you know, I, I was talking with the chaplain yesterday at the hospital, and he said, you know, he, and I was asking about some things. And he said, well, you got to have a BA. And I, you know, and I said, well, don't you think that ought to stand for born again? If you're going to be a chaplain, he went, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, instead of, instead of, oh, I've been to college. What? College isn't the answer to everything. Christ is the answer. Amen. He keeps things in perspective. Remember I told you, I told you the other day, man, some days I look in the mirror and I, I hate, I hate, I, you know, I get tired of me. Yeah. Of me. And, uh, Beloved, humility, it is a choice. It's the only treatment for it. It is the only treatment. We've got to keep our flesh in the place where it belongs. Haman had to be hung, he and his ten sons. You don't pet a snake. You don't pamper it. You've got to put it in its place. And... uh Heart of the proud. Ask the Lord to help you with it. When it, when you feel it rare enough, or you hear it, ask the Holy Spirit to convict you of that, then make it right with that person. Don't be afraid to say, "Man, I'm, I'm I was wrong. I'm sorry. I don't want to be that way." Remember what David said: "Cleanse your servant from secret faults." Keep me back from what presumptuous sins and let them not have dominion over me. Pride will ruin you. I didn't read the verse, but it says what? Pride goeth goeth before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. It's just a matter of time. It'll get you. It'll get you. We're no match for it. That's why the Lord Jesus came to live on the inside. You know, and it's the proud man that denies that he needs a Savior. That's a proud heart. And there are people like that they will die and go to hell thinking they're going to be okay. And they're not. Because they're full of pride. Full of pride. Lord, deliver us from ourselves. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for living on the inside of us, trying to help us. help sanctify us God to make that experience a reality with our position Lord we love you gosh Lord what you've had to put up with in my life my pride I appreciate your mercy Lord thank God that Lord I thank you that you have not dealt with us after our iniquities Lord help us as a people as a church Lord that we walk with humility before you And Lord, to enjoy you and to keep your word. We love you and we need you, Father. I thank you for these dear saints. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.